Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. What? <laughs> I thought it was going to beep. Oh, no. I turned off the beep so oh, I could, great. I could yeah, sneak so you, you in. Me. Hey, <laughs> Father Nathan, Catholic Stuff. Father Michael, Catholic Stuff. Hello. Father Michael O, Catholic Stuff. Does anybody call Father Michael rap Father Michael? Or is he always rap Matt, Mike? Mm, um, Michael, Michael Rap, Mike Rap, I don't know. Maybe when he gets his doctorate, he'll be, <laughs> we'll figure that out. Father Mike Rap, PhD. Father Mike Rap. It'll sound better. All right, so you are, you are fulfilling your promise. We're in the middle of praying the prayer, asking God to bless the equipment, and then it started echoing. Oh. Well, it's fine. You I'm, don't hear it. I'm getting good at just ignoring it, actually. You're really good at ignoring people. <laughs> so that's so we're yeah, we're back. We're doing a lunchtime podcast. Lunch we're going over the lunch hour. Yeah. Kind of strange. I'm gonna take this off. It is kind of strange, but it is it is nice having a view because we can actually see outside. Right. So I can see your pond and your trees. It's late fall. Late fall. So it was prettier earlier, but I was actually in Europe when it was probably the best. I was in Spain and Portugal when Colorado was at its peak. Fall yeah, peak. we were lucky because we got to go a couple times up to the mountains. So nice. Got to see it a few, few times in its glory. If you're not in Colorado, we have this very cool, just dual color fall. If you go to the mountains, you have the evergreens and you have the aspens, and the aspens turn bright gold. And the evergreens, of course, stay green. But the ever the uh, aspens are I don't know what the right term for it is, but they they grow in groups. So they actually the roots produce another aspen. So you have yeah. these big kind of bands of of gold in the midst of all the green up the mountains and just, veins of gold. As as pretty as it is in like the Midwest and things like that, where you have so many different colors, I, I just love the dual color aspect of the mountains. Of course, here in the city, you get everything, but but yeah, yeah it's beautiful. And I missed it this year. The uh, we were just at Mundelein Seminary for our silent retreat, and they. Their trees there were popping. Nice. It was like the reds and the yellows yeah. and the the dark kind of faded green. Yeah. You know? Super nice. It is. We didn't get much of that in New Mexico can't do in it. Albuquerque growing up. Can't do it. Sorry. I tried putting back the headphones on for a second. I can't do it. Okay. I'm like Mariah Carey. I need a I have a certain, you know everything has to be perfect. I have a certain standard or else I can't <laughs> perform, you know, like I need humidity at the certain amount, I need green M and M's and Well like Mariah Carey, let's see the highest note you can hit right now. What's the highest note you can hit? Well, I I think I told this on the podcast. We had uh it wasn't a competition. We just got we're given a piece of music at the seminary. And uh, I was standing next to this kid, Nate Brockle, who was studied classical, like classically trained. And he was at, he went to University of Northern Colorado. And he said, I said, I don't know how to do, you know, the falsetto or whatever. I don't know how to sing that high. And he goes, just sing along with me until you can't sing anymore. And then, you know, whatever. And then all of a sudden we were singing and uh, we realized that, I realized that I was the only one still singing, still hitting the notes. Oh, wow. So... Unless there's somebody else who didn't come forward, at least in that uh, demonstration, I have the highest voice in all of the seminary. Wow. I did. Okay. I mean, that was, oh, whatever, 2000, 2012, 2013. Before puberty, so that you... That's great. true. Yeah, that was the year before I hit puberty. That was, that was a special time. That was a special time. Anyways. Now you have a nice po- post-pubescent beard that reveals your... Jeepers. <laughs> so, so full. What is going on? Uh, no, I, we, uh, I, I have never done karaoke ever. Yeah, I mean, I've done, I did it once, like at a, at a youth rally. But I, I always think, like, if I ever did karaoke, what would I sing? But almost every song is too high for me. Almost every one. And I know I have a naturally deep voice, mm. but there's a couple songs nowadays. I think, well, maybe I could do that one, like at the actual pitch. I don't. People in karaoke, they just drop it down. Oftentimes, well, they, right? Yeah, you sing it in the in the style you can sing it. In. They drop it down an octave or yeah, whatever. You could just yeah. be like, "I'm gonna pop some tags. <laughs> Only got twenty dollars in my pocket." <laughs> exactly. I could do, well, that that that's, uh, he sings very low anyway, though. You could sing uh, "Little Drummer Boy." 
Rum pum pum pum. They told me. See? Yeah. I could do it nice and well. Or you, you know what you should do? You should learn the song from The Hobbit. Uh, from oh, the, yeah. The, from those uh, dwarfs. The dwarf song, yeah. Far over the misty mountains. <laughs> that would have been. Dungeons deep and cabins wide. <sighs> that would be Next good. karaoke. See, back in the 90s, it was that. <laughs> exactly. I could sing that one. I only know the Weird Al Yankovic version of that. What was the Weird Al Yankovic? I don't remember. Like I, I uh, can't even remember the actual words. I remember the mm part. <laughs> Once there was this kid who... All right, the 90s are lost to me. <laughs> he finally came back. He had birthmarks all over his, his that's mixing his up bottom. Was, <laughs> his body, but yeah. I'm guessing including his bottom. Uh, there, yeah, there, were, I, there were three stories. Some kid reject, yeah. some kid that had like got so scared he had a mark in his I remember the word all Yankovic version now, but I think it's too uh too hot for too hot for TV. Too hot for context. Actually, FYI, did you see that? Well, there's a there's a mysterious post going around. Did you see this about um I can celebrated mass at Mundelein when I was there for the Acolytes okay. Acolyte installation mass with the new bishop of Davenport, uh who's a really great guy. He gave one of the best Bishop homilies I've ever heard. Mm. Um, and uh, he was just so down to earth. And uh, anyways, so when we can celebrated, we just processed up. And as it turned out, I was right behind him. Ooh. And somebody sh- snapped a picture and tagged me in it and said, oh. uh, um, <laughs> I didn't know that Weird Al Yankovic was, uh, <laughs> was uh, a Catholic priest or whatever, because the picture looks remarkably close to I did. I Weird did Al. that, yeah. Anywho... <laughs> So. I still think you look more like the chicken, though, that I posted than the uh, Dude, the chicken. <laughs> w- darn it. Oh, man. I'll have to go find it. I bought a chicken mask just for that. Oh, nice. Yeah. Darn it. <laughs> that could be your Halloween costume. Yep. Um, okay. Enough talking. Enough talking, folks. Talking's overrated. So I met, I met uh, another person there, and... Uh, I was like, oh, I didn't realize you listened to the podcast and everything. He goes, well, uh, when it gets to the part where you guys do the shout outs or whatever, I just, you know, skip all that or whatever. And I thought that he was going to say he skips the banter and the shout outs. Right. And I was like, man, then maybe then we're like a 25 minute podcast. Right. <laughs> you know, if you can finally figure out the part where we get down to business. Yeah. So there was that one point where we were, we were discerning putting the, uh, the banter length on every single post. Yeah, whatever. But that's too much work. Yeah, it's like it's like we're giving you we're giving you like pulled pork and coleslaw. <laughs> if there happens to be a few hairs in it, like <laughs> deal with it. It's still delicious. Okay. <laughs> there we so go. we're not going to tell you like, oh, here's here's where you you know like don't have hairs in it. Part so, of the process. So when you thought of like the most dignified epic food, you thought of pulled pork and coleslaw. <laughs> That's just what I had a couple days ago. Okay. That's what I had, like, you know, you know, last night. I would have said something I don't have that often, like filet mignon or chicken and grits. No, I was thinking of something that's messy. Oh, Like, I something that's messy, and it's uh, okay. not like, you know, like, uh, whenever I make chicken and dumplings. Right. You know, and you, you roast the chicken, and then you got to, uh, or boil the chicken, and then you got to, you know, separate. I mean, it's it's hard. You try to yeah. do the best you can to get all the bones out, all the cartilage out. But, like, you know, this isn't pre-processed. Right. You know, this is home cooking. Right. You ever looked at the first ingredient? I feel like I've said this before. The first ingredient of Slim Jims? Hmm. Look at the Slim Jims. Like, walk into 7-Eleven, look at the oh, Slim Oh, yeah, machine-separated. Machine-separated chicken. Machine-separated chicken. Why they need to put machine-separated just probably means there's all kinds of stuff in there that shouldn't be in there. Yeah, but it's... But it's it's ground down, ground down to a fine paste. Yeah, yeah. so you're fine. <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry. That's at least what they tell us, folks. Here we go. All right. We are in round two. 
I think this is the first sequel that I've ever done. And somebody said, I'm looking forward to the sequel coming out. And I didn't want to end up being like Father John, who's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do Love Pride in like 2084. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, just stay tuned. Um, you know, whenever I do the sequels, I mean, it's a cliffhanger. Yeah. Do you remember like, you know, those episodes, like whether it was Family Matters or Full House Stranger or whatever? Stranger Things? If you watch Stranger Things, yes. <laughs> Father Father Brian Larkin is very upset with me that I don't watch Stranger Things. Oh, really? Because it's the one TV show uh, that he watches. Right. Um, and I don't have Netflix. Oh, okay. And so I'm like, dude, I, I can't. He's like, I'll give you my login. <laughs> and I'm like... That's illegal. Yeah. No, no. Uh, but uh, no, <laughs> it's at least I moral. <laughs> no, it, the 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 reason why I don't do it is because I'm like, you don't understand. You're like trying to get me to do like a gateway drug, you yeah, know? Yeah, exactly. And then I'm gonna get on Netflix and just be like, this is amazing. Yeah. And I I don't I I know I know myself well enough. Yep. Like I, I'll watch it if it, if you know if somebody else. So Father Jason Munch hasn't watched it either. So. Anyways, but like, you know, you know how it's like, they like end the episode, it's a cliffhanger. Yeah. You're like, when is this going to get resolved? Yeah. You're kind of thinking about it in the back of your mind, yeah. whatever. I was with Ricky Soldini and we watched the first one because he had already seen it. And he's like, hey, let's watch Stranger Things. You got to see it. And so we were in St. Louis and he says, we watched the first one. Then he just looks at me and he's already seen them all. Uh, uh, this was a year ago when they had the last, um, you know, the first season. And, and I, I looked at him and I was like, how if if it's available to you to watch the next one right <laughs> why wouldn't you like they put these cliffhangers so that you you watch the show next week but with netflix you can just watch them all yep. and it's like there was there was just no way my my willpower was gone and it was like two in the morning at that point yeah so i was like well yeah the wife and the kids will have to wait on True. sleepy daddy tomorrow that's right <laughs> i mean thanks to be to god they didn't have golden girls in the same format <laughs> i mean back in the day i been like what's happened with blanche for the love of god i need to know right now <laughs> Anywho, okay. Um, sorry, finding my piece of paper. Uh, just a disclaimer: I had to re-listen and somewhat fast forward to remember which ones I covered last time. If for some reason I repeat something again, you found yourself a hair or a fingernail or you know lint from my belly button in the you know shredded pork. Hope you're not eating while you listen to yeah, this. Yeah, you know, uh, just get over it. Okay, so, so far, according to my calculations... This is the Holy Days to Holidays. This is the this is Catholic two. Stuff Podcast, in case you're wondering. <laughs> uh, yes, the Holy Days to Holidays, this is part two. Um, we have so far done St. Patrick's Day, which you remember was related to... Uh, gluttony. Gluttony, gluttony, yes. <laughs> that is true. Um, and then Easter, which was a stretch, we related it to pride. pride. Yep. And then uh, then we did Sabbath, which again I'm trying to do specifically Christian holy days um, that have now sort of become secularized and everything. And so we did the Sabbath or like sloth. Sunday, and it was related to sloth. Do you, do you call the animal sloth, or do you call the animal sloth? The animal is sloth. Okay. Somebody tried to correct me on this. Sloth, really? Somebody tried to correct I've me on this. Been corrected. Animals are sloths. Okay. The the vice is sloth, and that may be a more English pronunciation. Uh, sounds but, more English. But the funny thing was, uh, so sloth rhymes with moth. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> hoth from uh, you know, uh, Lord of the Rings. Actually, it's Star Wars, but anyways, um, nice try. Uh, um, but then I was like, what rhymes with sloth? What rhymes with sloth? Oath. Oh, good job. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. Eminem toes. <laughs> so they get that. So then I said that, I said that to somebody and I was like, oh yeah. Cause he's like, he's like, that's just a weird way to say it's sloth. Like, and I was like. Well, there's not many ling- words in the English language. So then I said to the guy, how do you say the word B-O-T-H? Right. B-O-T-H. And he goes, botch? And I was like, no. And I was Think like, B-O-T-H. And he goes, he goes, both? I'm like, no. It's actually really funny. And then finally, I was like, both? Drice? Drice? <laughs> Anyways, so we've done we've done we're, what we're trying to do is we're trying to link um, we're trying to link the 
holy days, the Christian holy days or solemnities or days in which Christians are called to celebrate and venerate particular mysteries of Christ or the saints, um, and how that's kind of been corrupted uh, by the evil one. And he he doesn't rob it of all of its joy, but there are ways in which through the seven deadly sins, we can kind of see how each holiday has a different flavor. And again, it might be a stretch, um, but I think, you know, it fills time and, you know, we need podcasts, so <laughs> get over it. I like it. I think it's good. Okay. So, uh, all right. So we have done Easter, St. Patrick's Day, and um, Sundays. Sundays. Do you want, again, do you want to go in linear order or do you want to go just to the next one? I'm trying to think how how were those three linked? Well, we didn't. We started linear order. Yeah, we just we seasonal. started with we started St. Patrick's Day and then we just went February. To okay, that's right. Okay, I think we should just go to the one that's most pertinent today because call. Uh, actually, not only is that the next one linearly in terms of the days, but also it's today. Yeah. Today is October 31st. You yeah. Halloween, which they I think is really funny sure. that people wish you Happy Halloween yeah. in the morning. Yeah, like it says they Eve in the name. Yeah, they the lady came to me and she goes, "Happy Halloween, Father." And I kind of looked at her like, "Oh yeah, I guess it is." You know, I mean, it's, it's Halloween day, right? Um, but uh, I mean, people say Merry Christmas on you know Christmas Eve, so I guess it makes right. sense. But yeah. do you say Merry Christmas on the twenty fourth at eight a.m.? Which people say Merry Christmas from like you know whatever. So so I got corrected on this on the Roman calendar. What day is All Saints? Is it November 1st or 2nd? November 1st. It's November 1st. Okay. It's All Saints. It all Saints. Okay. Yes, because it's All Hallows all Saints. Day, and the eve of that is All, all Hallows, Hallows eve, eve or Halloween, which is a kind of a old English way of saying like the, the night before okay. um, Halloween, um, and uh, so it's All Hallows Eve, the evening before All Hallows Day, like All all the ones that are all hallowed, right? So all holy, all saints. all holy day, yeah, yeah. Okay. exactly, all saints. Nice. So, anyways, so we're in Halloween today, and I I actually wanted to do a longer podcast on this, but this will have to do. Um, which which of the seven deadly sins do you think it's related to? Since fear isn't one of them, I'm guessing wrath. Yeah. Again, I think it. I think it can be a stretch, uh, but it's weird how they line up. It really is. Hmm. Again, we're uh, we're using uh, the definitions of the seven deadly sins from uh, Saint Thomas Aquinas, which has been kind of passed on to us through this great priest, Father Dylan James, who wrote this examination of conscience, which you can find on focusequip.org. That's focusequip.org. <laughs> um, so wrath. Anger or wrath are, are one of the seven deadly sins, and St. Thomas dis- defines it as this. Uh, it's an undue desire for vengeance, undue in cause or in amount. Anger or wrath can be just or unjust. Punishment can be too much or too little. It can even not be deserved at all. It can be measured out by someone who does not have the authority to give it. Anger through zeal can be dangerous and cloud later judgments. The six daughters of wrath, indignation... We deem the one we are angry with to be unworthy. Swelling of the mind as it fills with plots of revenge. Injurious words against our neighbor. Excessive manner of words against someone. Blasphemy and quarreling. Um, so hmm. it's also related to impatience uh, or kind of laziness, which is semi-related to um, uh Sloth, but again, sometimes when we're angry about something and we don't want to do anything about it, we just delay it. Um, so, anyways, what I was thinking about with Halloween is this you have all these people who want to be like scared, they want to be, they want to have some kind of episode of you know, like mania or fright or whatever else. And part of it is, uh, they want somebody else to like have force over them without actually being able to touch them. Hmm. It's like the whole like haunted house thing where it's like, they're going to scare you to no end, but like, you know, in the end, they don't actually have power over you. Um, And Jesus says in the gospel, do not be afraid of the one who has power over the body, but rather be 
be fearful of the one who has power to to bind both body and soul yeah. and and cast it into Ghana. Which I've read before as kind of like, okay, then fear the devil. Yeah. But in some way that's that's not it. Like the one the only one that you actually have a righteous fear of, a holy fear of, would be God himself. Hmm. We don't we, I mean, we don't have we don't look at the evil one and say, you know, you have supreme authority over me. It's right. like, no. You can rattle the chains and you can kind of, you know, intimidate me, but ultimately you have no power here. That was one of the uh one of the things, I mean, every once in a while, someone will come and talk to me about just their fear of the devil. I like a visceral, keeps me up at night fear of the devil. And mm. I, we've all experienced that a little bit. But um, what, one of the greatest things is I love Anthony the Desert um, in the West, St. John Bionni. You know, the, they have these, there's written examples in their biographies or autobiographies of of times that the devil manifested himself to them. And, and usually it's kind of, like with St. John Vianney. I mean, I've, I've been to ours, I've been to his house, and I've seen the bed that the devil lit on fire. So he was sleeping in the bed, the devil lit the bed on fire, and so they now have this kind of charred bed hanging from the roof so you can see it. Um, but, you know, to make a long story short, he just kind of got up and slept in the other room. <laughs> you know, yeah. It wasn't like this. The, the, the devil, he, he only can do things like that, little stupid things like that, to get us to lose our souls. But lighting your bed on fire, Anthony, the desert, the devil just kept him up by knocking on the door all night. You know, it's things like that, that the greatest of the saints, these things would spook us and startle us and keep us up all night. But for them, they're just like, I'm not afraid of those stupid little things. I'm afraid of when I start slipping, when I start sinning, if I start getting into habitual sin, if I start getting into mortal sin, you know, these are the things we should really be afraid of. And that's, of course, where the devil does his real work. But the smaller things, you're right. It's just kind of like, whatever, dude, you know. Yeah, and not all not all wrath, not all wrath is unjust, not all anger is unjust. I mean, we've talked about this before if somebody right. if you were walking over to a grocery store or the, you know, 7-Eleven and all of a sudden you saw a young person like trying to rob an old woman of her purse, like there's a part of you that would react to that and you're filled with an indignation and you exercise the proper amount of force on that person in order to whatever, right. in order to stop the injustice. But then there are times in which we can't do anything about the injustice, and so we just seethe. Right. There's a lot of people right now, it doesn't matter which television station you're listening to or watching, whether it's Fox News or CNN or what, whatever your flavor is, um, and they just get angry. Yeah, They just sit and seethe over all of this because they can't, they can't do anything about it. Right. And, um, and so I think... And this might be a stretch. This is what I was thinking about, you know, for today was um, we almost make a mockery of God's power to judge. Um, we make a mockery of these these plagues and pestilences that God promises. God actually like says, "Vengeance is mine," and if you don't if you don't shape up, like uh, I will like address address this this imbalance in the force, if you will. Um, and in some way on Halloween, we kind of laugh because it's like, these things aren't really real. Yeah. Like uh, ghouls and goblins and half-dead creatures and blood and spiders and all of that. And it's like, no, if, if, uh, if I don't convert my life, uh, that is actually in part my future. Hmm. Sleep well, kids. <laughs> Catholic stuff podcast at gmail.com. I mean, really? Yeah. Uh, so like when we, th- when we think of God's judgment upon the earth, it's like, it's fiery, it's scary, you know, but now it's like, we've actually said to ourselves, I'm not afraid. Yeah. I'm not afraid of anything. I'm not afraid of a, of an ax murder or, you know, like a, you know, zombie or whatever else, like you can't scare me. And I'm like, sometimes that's, that's not a good quality to get to the point where you can't be rightfully afraid of anything. Then, I mean, does that make sense? It does. And I mean, you've been to the bone church in Rome, the the caption church where they, you've never been there? No. Okay. I was hoping to go this time. Yeah. It's just, they have, have three chapels in Rome, where 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 I think is the Capuchins, the Capuchins yes. have 
created art out of human bones, out of human remains. Right. So all the Capuchins throughout the world, they asked at one point to have to send all dead bodies to Rome, and then they would literally, once the bodies decomposed, they would take the bones and they would take the jaw bones and of you know twenty five monks and make cool little um, you know art on the ceiling on the back wall. And a couple of the the friars they just literally left left in their habits, stood them up against the wall and let them decompose against the wall. So like there's these almost like little shrines made out of skulls. And then like in that you have a fully clothed skeleton in a, yeah. I mean, and you walk down there and it's just, it's the, what, I mean, it should be creepy, but what they were doing is they were almost making fun of it. It was this one generation where we're saying, we're not afraid of death. I mean, it was a very monastic thing, you know, momentous more. It was, it was very, remember your death and we're not afraid of this. And so I think there's a good holy way of doing that. And then there's like, the way of just a secular version of numbing ourselves to the reality so that we don't have the proper fear we should have of death, of judgment, the last things. And of God. I mean, like yeah. the proper proper reverence of him. Um, and it was interesting that in Thomas's uh, sub subsets, like his daughters, he lists blasphemy. Mm-hmm. Because in a way, like, in a way we we blaspheme the holiness of God on Halloween – when we invite the evil one to kind of reign over us, yeah. we kind of say, we welcome you. Yeah. You, are, you are our welcome guest. Yeah. Um, and when you start dabbling, and I, we, I mean, I think Father Michael and Father Mike in Rome and Father John and whoever is worth their salt in, um, in any kind of weighty spiritual matters would echo the sentiment, do not dabble in the occult. Right. In no way should you um, try to summon the dead or uh, play around with Ouija boards or fortune tellers or anything like that. That's probably for another podcast. But um, again, like what you do in that is you don't have the proper amount of fear of God um, and you welcome in, uh, frankly, an unwelcome guest. Yeah. I mean, I I think I preached to the kids this past Sunday, actually. I preached to the kids about the difference between fear of evil things and the fear of God and Mm -hmm. how, you know, it's pretty clear. If you have one, you can't have the other. You know, one is good, one is bad. And, you know, so I defined fear as anxiety over change that you cannot control. So, like, if you fear something evil, like the skeletons and the ghosts, like, I cannot control them. And there's something, I think, interesting to adults about that. That's why we like getting spooked. But so – that I could could be killed, I could be harmed, and I'm not in control of the situation. That brings evil fear and unjust fear. When when God says, be not afraid, you know, when the scriptures say, be not afraid, that's what it's saying. Like, in other words, do not be subject – to these things. Do not fear in that way because there is someone who's in control. Right. When you have fear of God, in a sense, it's it's an anxiety because I'm not in control, but it's also change. And one of the words for that is metanoia. It's conversion. Mm-hmm. So conversion, of course, involves my change of heart, my turning around, but it also involves my surrender to God to let him change me. And that brings anxiety. So as much as I might define fear of God as awe with consequences. I see something big and good, but the big and good invites me into itself, namely God, invites me into his life. So the 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 fear is that a change has to happen. I can't be in control of it because I can't attain that much dignity or godliness myself. So I am, in a sense, a good victim of change. So conversion, as much as I need to submit to conversion, as much as I need to be active in my conversion, my daily conversion, mm. that there's still a the, the real change in conversion is not my doing, it's mm-hmm. God's. So the fear of God, I'm out of control of, in a sense, and the fear of evil, I'm out of control of too. And both bring a certain amount of anxiety or just, this is not of me. And when I'm out of control, I feel a bit of anxiety. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it, it, it's interesting that we still even in English use that word fear for fear of God, because of course, it's one of the mi- most misunderstood virtues, um, but it's beautiful. But the anxiety is still there. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, my question too is uh, when we when we kind of give free reign to the evil, the evil passions, the evil desires, and kind of say, you know, like you were. I mean, we want we want to feel spooky. We want to feel kind of uh, 
scared and yeah. you know like there there's just themes I think uh that are that are kind of running through that um yeah the the how do I say this the yeah the god in some sense is 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 uh is rendered kind of obsolete or unsavory i mean like what i'm thinking of is how awkward would it be if some kid dressed up like you know saint thomas more or saint saint dominic or you know like even an angel you know like i th- i don't think they would be welcome I don't. I don't think. I think that a lot. Of, if they, if you went to a party dressed as a saint, I don't know if you would entirely be, unless it was kind of gory. Which yeah. we've. I mean, shout out to Father Josh Mayer. Father Josh Mayer had the best costume one year <laughs> when he went as John the Baptist with his head on a platter. Nice. John the Baptist's head was on the platter, and his head was severed, and he was drinking out of the straw, like that going into the severed head's mouth. It was really cool. <laughs> wow. Um, so, I mean, like, and Father Matt Book is going as St. George, you know, like right. thrusting a, you know, he's the dragon and St. George is, nice. you know. So, but, like, if we don't do that, you're not really, you're kind of, you're not in. Right. You're not really in right. and, and on All Saints, All all all, all Hallows' Eve or People whatever. People think you're kind of missing the point. Yeah, it's like, it's like no, dude, don't you get it? Like, we're, we're actually on this other side right yeah. now. It's like, yeah, that's not, that's not good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even Father uh, Father uh, Greg Peterson up in uh, Windsor, Our Lady of the Valley, he's one of the companions as well. Shout out! He says um, he says beware of the occult. Like, stay away from anything with the occult. Stay away from anything that has to do with like murders and like you know uh, blood and all that stuff for ghouls. You know, for Halloween. But then also like beware of the sexual component too. Yeah. Because, you know, these costumes get, you know, kind of more and more risque and uh, yeah, it's just, it's just strange. Yeah. I think the, the sexual aspect is just an excuse um, to kind of allow, to get more attention on a day when, you know, no one's going to criticize you for it because it's Halloween and you're kind of dressing up. But it's interesting as you were talking about the occult, I, I think every aspect of, of our the intrigue we have with the dead and, you know, Ouija boards and summoning the dead and having something that is unseen control the situation or having access to something that is beyond the five senses. Um, that, that obsession with the intrigue that comes, it's funny because we do have access to all that in a good way. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, of course we have access to the dead. We, we have the saints yeah, and, and they each have their day and, and, and we can speak to them. We, we can converse with them. We can ask them for help. We can ask them for intercession. You know, the, the, if, if you really break it down, all these things that humans have a tendency to be obsessed with and infatuated with, they're, 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 we're all in the image and likeness of God, so there's something they're tapping into. They want something more, but they don't realize that in the faith you have all of that, right. but you have it in a good way. The devil knows this, of course, so he twists it and makes people be intrigued with things. And then you say, did you know you can talk to the dead like in a very real way? You don't need any of the occult things. And people are like, well, that's, you know, yeah, of course, that's you weird Christians doing your thing. But, you know, I want to really talk. That's what we do. We we really yeah. have access to the dead. And so I think all these things, of course, including sexuality, that is such a beautiful thing. Um, all of these things, they're just twisted. They're, they're, they're the good that we have offered to us by God. The devil twists them, offers us to them in, a, in an impure way, and then convinces us that, that that's fulfilling, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, I, I know people that Halloween is their favorite holiday. Favorite holiday. And it's, I think it's because you get to dress up as someone else, your identity gets changed, whether you have lack of confidence in yourself, whatever it is, you can dress however you want and no one's going to ask you why you're dressed like that. Your identity is hidden. You have access to to the the spiritual things in a way that you don't throughout the rest of the year. Hmm. You have an excuse to dress sexy. You know, all these things, all of that is can be fulfilled through Christ in a beautiful way, but we have this excuse on one day to fulfill right. all of it in an impure, unchristlike way and somehow feel fulfilled by it. Yeah, the it's it's very interesting to watch kind of people's reasonings behind it, you know, because yeah. it's like, well, it's, it's just playful or whatever else. And it's like, well, but this is serious stuff. Like, I mean, you know, when when Saul 
when Saul went and consulted the medium, you know, because he was trying to summon Samuel from the dead, like, he was rebuked for that. And he was, you know, like, kind of, that was part of the way in which he lost the kingship. Right. When Jesus says, like, you know, or maybe it's in the Old Testament, you know, for I am the God of... I'm the God of the living, not the dead. You know, I think actually that's not Jesus, it's Moses or whatever. Mm, like, right. I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Right. You know, God's not just like the Lord of the dead flies. Right. Like, He is, He's the Lord of all those who are now alive in Him. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, I, I think perhaps the, I mean, perhaps the wrath and the vengeance, maybe it doesn't line up perfectly. But again, like questioning people's motives for what it is that they're looking for on on that day, you know, and then to particularly, you know, have all of those kind of events, parties, you know, trick-or-treating, all of those things, and then to not pay respect to the all-holy God, um, which we, you know, the next day is All Saints Day, which is a holy day of obligation, surprise, Um, uh, All Saints Day, All Holy Day. Uh, all Holy Ones Day, you know, people don't care about it. Right. You know, it's like, you know, I thought it was really funny today. I was like, man, what if Christians or Catholics like actually took All Saints Day seriously? Imagine getting all of your Christmas gifts on clearance because everybody celebrated Christmas on the 24th. Right. And you right. celebrated on the 25th. Right. And yeah. you could just go on that day yeah. and all of the stores <laughs> would be open. I mean, yeah. granted, you wouldn't want to do that, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you could buy everything at discount price for the, the yeah. day after because they would totally miss the point. And it's like, no, that's the point. The saints are the ones who receive delights, who receive treats yeah. of sorts, you know, sweets, the the presence of God, like the 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 banquet of the Lord. I mean, like, so anyways. It, it is interesting because there's... It's very interesting. There's something about tying in wrath because, I mean, I think those who go to haunted houses, it's like, I don't I don't want to be wrathful. I want to be the victim or like the yeah. object of wrath. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I want to experience some someone being mad at me, but without consequences. Mm. Like, I, I, like, they want to kill me, but it's not going to happen. Fury. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, and, and so, like, I, it's a little taste a taste of something evil like wrath, but, but, but without constant, I mean, how much, how much of our secular world is, is, is taking something that has eternal consequences, taking something that is beautiful and of God and, and, and removing the consequences. Look at abortion, artificial contraception, you know, a- anything that takes something deeply spiritual, eternal and godlike and says, you can experience a little taste of this without the natural human consequences. And I, as I'm, I'm you know, speaking as I think about this, but there, I think there's something about Halloween of saying, I get to experience some deep, 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 very real things without the natural consequences and something about our humanity when we, when we're tempted towards evil, that's exactly what we want to take something very, very deep and beautiful, but yeah. not have the natural consequences. Yeah. Don't carry it out, have the immediate gratification without the long-term investment. Yeah. That's a good point. Well, we got to keep plugging away cause we got four more to do. Oh, so okay. uh, that was great. Today's Halloween. So I'm glad we spent the lion's share on that. Enjoy all of your almond joys, folks. Um, <laughs> The next one, um, if we want to just go, you know, down the down the list. So, Halloween is is October. I didn't do Thanksgiving. I said this, I think, on the one before. Thanksgiving is not a yeah. holy day, right? Like it's a holiday. It's an American holiday, but it's not a holy day. Right. Gratitude is something that we should have. Thankfulness is something we should have all the time. Right. And it's good that we have that day in, in which to commemorate the blessings that we've received. We also do that on Sundays. Yep, Eucharistia. It's, yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. It's wonderful that we have that, but it's not, you know, yep. that's the reason why I deliberately passed that one. Now we move on to Christmas, not the holiest day of the year, the holiest day of the year being uh, Easter Vigil and Easter Day, but Christmas right up there with it, you know, one of the welterweights, um, which which uh, of the seven deadly sins would you associate Christmas with? I would say gluttony. We just did gluttony. Oh, say gluttony gluttony we did for St. <laughs> Patrick's Day. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Greed. Greed, yes, greed. okay. So uh, greed falls under both covetousness and avarice. Um, I'm, I'm kind think? of tempted. I'm kind of tempted to lump in another one. 
Um, so there's going to be one odd man out. Okay. okay. And so I'm just going to, I'm just going to lump it in here with it. So cool. it's, we're actually going to do a two banger on this one, okay. uh, because we're going to, we, instead of the eight evil thoughts, we're trying to do the seven deadly sins, but we're right. doing seven holidays. So anyways, eight evil thoughts. So we're going to do vanity or excuse me, covetousness. Okay. Um, greed. Okay. And avarice, which falls under covetousness and envy. And I'll okay. explain why. Okay. So here's how Thomas uh, describes covetousness. Uh, or avarice. Avarice is the excessive love of possessing things. Avarice is the excessive love of possessing things. It is contrary to reason and due measure. Material goods are only useful in helping us towards an end. To desire them in in themselves is an evil. Quote from scripture, the love of money is the root of all evil. 1 Timothy 6.10. And it is a capital sin. The seven daughters of avarice are hard-heartedness to the poor, covetous or insensitivity to mercy, dissatisfaction in thoughts, restlessness in deeds, violence to acquire things. Think of Black Friday. Um, <laughs> falsehood in words, including perjury, fraud, and transaction, treachery, as in the case of Judas. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of... I mean, frankly, that's self-explanatory. Yeah. Like greed, covetousness, avarice, this excessive need for possession yeah. and possessions, um, and I want it and give it to me, and I will do whatever I need to get it, um, and even an excessive going beyond what is just, um, you know, so that you you actually you can't even you can't even give to the poor because you've spent all your money. Right. you know, on yourself or, or on those, you know, whatever. But this is the interesting one. All of us have experienced that. And I think that, you know, like we have these phrases, Jesus is the reason for the season, right. you know, but I still want my freaking, you know, like smart wool thermo pants, right. you know, like I, I love Jesus, but it's the day in which I get my, you know, smart wool thermo pants. Right. So, um, so I do have a desire for possessions on that day and it needs to be checked whatever else. But this is the interesting one, okay? Envy. Okay, I have talked about this on the podcast. Some have heard me both in confession, that will remain nameless, <laughs> but uh, I think this is a very important distinction for us to get. Folks, pay attention. Envy. Envy is sadness at the happiness or good of another. Again, yeah. envy is happiness, sadness at the happiness or good of another. Jealousy, which is different from envy, is coveting that which belongs to another, desiring the good of another. One is sadness at the happiness of another. Jealousy is coveting that which belongs to another. The difference that I liken it to is, say your friend got a sweet Lego set, and you're like, man, I wish I had a Lego set. I love Lego sets. They're so cool. Um, and uh, I want that for myself. Um, you are coveting that which belongs to another. I want that Lego set. I want not just a Lego set. I want that Lego set. Yeah. Envy says, since I can't have that Lego set, I'm going to destroy it. Yeah. I'm going to trample it. So like you build an awesome, like, you know, Millennium Falcon or whatever. And I just like crush it. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I don't like seeing you happy that you got what you want and I don't have it. Right. I can remember that feeling at Christmas. I mean, maybe you were much holier than me, but like there were times that I'm like, seriously, like that's what they got? Yeah. And you got me smart wool thermo pants? <laughs> like I know smart wool thermo pants are cool, but like could uh like could you have considered also buying that for me? You know what I mean? <laughs> This is like, we, there's probably like psychiatrists that listen. It's like, Father Nathan's getting free therapy from all of his, his childhood That's true. experiences. They're like, okay, you, you've shared all your, your horrible childhood experiences of them. Well, I mean, like. Here's your diagnosis. It's so sad because, I mean, then you can't enter into the joy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because you're so sad that somebody else has something and you actually want to destroy it. Yeah. I mean, how many times is it like, thanks, mom, thanks, dad, like Christmas, everybody's happy. An hour later, tears. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's true. For whatever Good reason. Call. Um, just uh, hang on one second, and then I'll let you respond. The five daughters of envy are hatred, love desires the good of another, so hatred, tail-bearing, 
to lower another's reputation, detraction, joy at our neighbor's misfortunes, grief at our neighbor's prosperity. So joy at our neighbor's misfortunes and grief at our neighbor's prosperity. Um, So like being happy that other people don't get as much as you. They don't deserve it. I deserve it. And I'm so happy that I get what I want and they don't. Um, Or uh, I'm very sad that, that that they get it and I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever have a gift that you really wanted and you didn't get and your friend got it? We had, like, I remember one year the, the Razor scooters were big, Razors. you know? Yeah. And and so my cousins down the street got Razor scooters, and we got, like, the Walmart generic version of Razor yep. scooters, you yep. know? And it was and it was just like, I I I wanted, like, we both had scooters. We, we all toddled around, but I'm, I'm, it, it was, it was I, I think I just said who it was, and it was cousins, but they, but they like, they would, they were boasting about it like mm-hmm. in, in a, I mean, we were kids you do that you know right. but, but like they were boasting about it. i remember thinking i know ours are cheaper i know they're probably gonna break first but i really want theirs to break first you know <laughs> it was like that was exactly yeah. like i want to show you that just because yours says razor on it and mine says you know rooster on or whatever whatever it is you know yeah. it's, it's like no no you know so yeah i i i, I felt that yep and it, it is one of those Christmas things that I was just telling somebody the other day though I I do think I was holier as a kid than I am now absolutely I mean they, they, oh, they everybody were is, they, yeah, they, yeah there were there were things that went the piety that went through my head and one of the things I do on Christmas mornings I'd pause from opening presents in between presents and I'd go and stand in at the uh, at the Advent wreath and the little nativity crash we had in the middle mm-hmm. and I would just like hey Jesus happy birthday you know good to see you good to celebrate this way thanks for it. and then i go back and you know open presents again but yeah. it was like this pause from from the from the greed and the envy and everything that was going on to kind of acknowledge that jesus is the reason for the season but um but yeah i mean it's as, as a really interesting question for parents like i if i was a parent i would almost want to give my kid generic versions of everything to mm. kind of like avoid yeah. them them being the one who's holding it over, over another kid and teach them in the midst of feeling envy, that's not necessarily a sin. I mean, I mean the, the beginnings of it. If, if you, you look at your scooter and it's not as nice as another kid's scooter, now what do you do with that feeling? That's where the sin comes in. You know, like you see the difference, you acknowledge it. What is like, how, now how do you react? What's the proper, I mean, as an adult, I wonder, I'd have to think about it. Like, what do you, what do you teach your kid? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And part of it is, what did Jesus give us? You know, like, he was poor, right. but he became poor so you could become rich. Yeah, um, and I mean, like we we want all good things in this life, yeah. and some of them we are deserved, and some of them are are kind of like needed, and we want them for everybody. And some of them are like we are worried about the condiments for the burger, yeah, instead of like like the central meat of yeah. the mystery, which is. Christ, the the second person of the Trinity, the anointed one, the Savior, like the Prince of Peace, has been born in a manger. Right. Um, and, you know, I think there's just different ways in which people can acknowledge that. And, and uh, you know, I think maybe we'll, you know, save our comments for... For Christmas, maybe we'll give a little yeah. bonus track, you know, mm-hmm. how to how to celebrate Christmas well as a family. So, so that's, that's, I mean, it's a combination of two, but covetousness... And uh, avarice, again, the desire for material goods, um, and then envy, sadness at the good of another, at the fortune of yeah. another. Um, beware. Yeah. You know, those are kind of close at hand on a day in which we, we receive not just a material good, but, um, I mean, the source of all creation, yeah. who became flesh. Yeah. I think that's actually, that's the key, is... How do you prepare yourself and prepare your children for those feelings? Like talk to your kid on Christmas Eve and say, hey, some kids are going to have better presents than you. And what are you going to do about that? And do you realize that the incarnation of the Savior is yeah. – we'd, we'd get anything for that. That, that. that is what changed our life. That's what brought God and man together. That's what allows us to have our souls be saved. Yeah. That's what allows us heaven. You know, like, so in other words – Keep keep present getting and and the perception of inequality. Keep that in perspective. And I think it's from Titus, like because we read it on Christmas Day. He came and gave gifts to man, mm-hmm. like and so in imitation of that, we do that. 
with one another. But that's always as a sign of something greater. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a sacramental. You know, the gifts under the tree are sacramentals of right. something much greater, right. which is, you know, which is Christ himself. So right. anyways, yeah. so that's Christmas. Sorry, we got we to gotta fly, folks. Spent a lot of time on Halloween, and uh, I don't want to make this a three-part podcast because, uh, you know, people get annoyed. Um, the last two, um, uh, again, going in order, January 1st. Nice. Which is a solemnity. Mother of God for you guys. Yeah. Man. For you guys, he says. <laughs> For you, Romans. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so, you know, a lot of people call it New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, you know, like, you just see it as, you know, oh, we flip the calendar year or whatever. Well, you know, we, we live in the world, yeah. you know. Catholics aren't just so crazy that we're like, uh, no, it's not New Year's Day. Our New Year's Day was the day before uh, first Sunday of Advent, you know. Right. But we're liturgical geeks, and we have our party and whatever. Yes. Um, there's no ball drop, but, you know, you get it. Um, <laughs> the uh, But uh, January 1st, Mother of God, is not really a widely celebrated feast day. It's not really something where we, we spend a whole lot of time on it. Um, but we do have a tradition on January 1st. Do you know what that tradition is? In the church? No, just like normal, everyday people. What are most people doing on December 31st and January 1st? Other than the party and the midnight and whatever else. You have resolutions. Exactly. Yeah. You make New Year's resolutions. And why do you make resolutions? Because you want to be a better person. It's going to be a new me. It's going to be a new me in 2003. Yeah. I was with, uh, I used to have a tradition of, of uh, having, ringing in the new year with uh, Lori Brown, Molly Listenberger, and Megan Gahan. Shout out to all them. Uh, we had some great times. Pushing out 2007, bringing in 2008, we had a dance for it. Nice. You know, super fun. You know, it's not, it's, it's a great time. But when our resolutions are about like, I'm going to be not only better, but different, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm going to be, I'm going to be the best version of myself this year or whatever. Um, again, I think we can start to uh, succumb to one of the the ones related to pride, but it, it according to certain people, it's a different subset, namely vanity. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think you'll see why. So this is what Thomas says. Vanity concerns external glory. Glory meaning the good of a person manifested to others. The proper end of glory, namely the good of a person manifested to others, the proper end of glory is God's glory and our neighbor's salvation. These two criteria contest whether our desire for glory is virtuous. Vanity flows from pride and looks like pride. Glory can be vain or empty in three ways. The honor slash thing sought is, is itself unworthy. The person from whom you seek it is unworthy. The glory sought is not referred to God. So the seven daughters of vainglory, boasting, deceit, a passion for innovation so that something new makes us look good, uh, stubbornness of opinion, quarreling, contention, or disobedience. I see this in that um, why do people want to be better? It's so that other people will think more of them. I want to be thinner. I want to be thinner. And sometimes it, it, there's legitimate health things. There's legitimate, you know, kind of like I need to lose some weight, my doctor, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to curb some unhealthy patterns. Totally get that. Mm-hmm. But again, a lot of it is I want to be better so that other people will think I'm better. Mm-hmm. And that's just vanity. Right. It's vainglory. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. But I was trying to think of a tie-in to the Byzantine feast. We celebrate... Uh, circumcision of our Lord because Whoa. it's the eighth day and uh, Saint yeah. Basil the Great, um, and there, I mean the, the the whole the point of again I'm, I'm, this is a stretch too, but but circumcision is also the day that, of the naming. Mm-hmm. You know, you name your child on the day the yeah. boy was circumcised. So like the the name is. I mean, I know people that changed their legal name because they, they needed a fresh start. They, they, they would say, like, you know, that's the old me, this is the new me. We certainly do that in the church in a sense when we when we add a name. I mean, in, in the Eastern Church, many um, clergy will change the name when they get ordained, huh. you know, to, to, to a saint that in their life. Um, you know, think of Chrysostom Frank, Father Chrysostom Frank, yeah, you know, Deacon that. Basil Balky. You know, um, they, they change it to a saint that they, that they see reflects not only who they are, but who they want to be, yeah. you know. 
know, who, who, who they want to be. And so there's, there's a good way of doing that and a bad way of doing that. You know, there's a, one of, one of my biggest pet peeves is, is when people try, and this is, this is anger. When people try to like make the consequences for somebody else, you know, like you will never recover from this. Like when we get, I'm going back to wrath here, I apologize. But when we get angry at someone, like I want the consequences of what you've done to me to be so bad that you will never be the same. Hmm. Like these, the consequences of what you're going to yeah. suffer, like, like, you know, capital punishment, you know, life in prison, like you will never be the same. The, every day of your life, I want you to think about what you did to me and I'm going to force you to do that this way. You know, there's something about, we can't, I mean, that, that that's unhuman, yeah. that, that, that that's evil. And there's something about saying my past as much as I want to forget some aspects of it, you know, to be cliche, it, it did make me who I am. And, and I should see hope in Christ that can overwhelm those things, but we can also see him working in those times. Mm-hmm. So, you know, having the vain glory of starting over, having the vain, in, in, in ways that it is evil, the, the vain glory of starting over or just forgetting the past, I want to be a different person. Um, the, the vain glory of saying, I want to, in a sense, make a name for myself that is not from the past. You know, there needs to be an acknowledgement of past, present, and future as we thank Christ for what he's done. He was there in the past. He's here in the present. He'll be there in the future. And I don't want to throw out everything, even the things that were negative and things that were evil. Christ takes evil and transforms it. That's what he does. That's why he's Christ. He's the Messiah, the Savior. So there's something about acknowledging the way that Christ has worked in the past or the way that he will, in a sense, fix the past, the way he's working now and the way he's working in the future that that allows us to be confident and urgent in our growth, spiritual and physical, while at the same time not having this sort of denial or even, you know, desiring that I become better than other people that can come through wanting to be a better person. Yeah. And I think it's related particularly to the saint on on whose day we're celebrating, Mary, the mother of God. Mm -hmm. She had every reason to boast, every reason to say to other people, the Almighty has done great things for me and holy is his name, uh, and aren't I so great? But she proclaims her Magnificat as a praise of what God has done, not just who she is, and she doesn't hold those grudges. She doesn't have, like, a vindictiveness to the other people, the the innkeeper who denied them, like, you know, entrance to the, uh, to Simeon, who kind of totally, you know, like, made a very strange comment on the day of her son's baptism yeah. or, or you know, uh, presentation in the temple yeah. um, to the Roman soldiers who crucified them to the Pharisees. Yeah. Like, she's just not like that. Right. So uh, she's completely full of the glory of God, and yet she's not vain. Yeah. Um, she's full of glory. Uh, she holds the glory of God within her, like in her very womb, and yet she goes to serve. Yeah. You know? Amen. So if you really want to, if you really want to know what to do in 2018, talk to our lady. Yeah, amen. you know she'll she'll show you. Finally, we are at the last one, folks. Right. We are running out of time. Um, lust, sneak peek, any clues? Valentine's Day, exactly. That's the last one. Nice. So St. Valentine's Day, again, that's not a major solemnity, uh, but it's sort of been, uh, it is a feast day, you know. It's, not the a f- world has made it major. Yeah, I mean, the world has kind of made it, and like we kind of make it um, into this love fest, frankly, Bacalia, uh, which, you know, that's your word for today, Bacalia. <laughs> um, so this is what lust is. Lust is disordered desire for an, excuse me, lust is disordered desire for or inordinate enjoyment of sexual pleasure. Sexual pleasure is morally disordered when sought for itself, isolated from its procreative and unitive purposes. That's from the Catechism. It is a sin of excess. St. Thomas says, Lust is about the greatest of pleasures, and these absorb the mind more than others. So when this goes wrong, much more goes wrong. But lust is not the most serious sin. Pride is. Um, These are the eight daughter of lusts. Eight Daughters of Lust. Blindness of the mind, the passions cloud thinking, rashness, thoughtlessness, inconstancy, self-love, hatred of God for forbidding lust, Hmm. love of the pleasures of this world, and despair of the future world. Hmm. Again, like, uh, St. Valentine, uh, he's associated with love because he desired 
to free these women who were um, like, didn't he write notes to them in jail or something like I'm that? I'm not sure. Past. Anyways, I'll look up St. Valentine and do one on him. Okay. Apart from what St. Valentine has actually done, we've made uh, that day into just like, if you are alone, you're a total loser. Yeah. yeah. Because it is about uh, being with somebody that day. Yeah. And um, I remember just the fear of, am I really going to be alone on Valentine's mm. Day? And we're made for communion, but not not sexual communion with anyone and everyone right. at any time or with any person. Yeah. Um. So that's where I'm kind of like, folks, you gotta you gotta appropriate this into the right sphere. Yeah. Yeah. That that is interesting. What the world has done with it. I mean, obviously, part of it's you know to sell Hallmark cards and things like that, but the, and sell chocolates and flowers. But but there is something. True love, if looked at, especially using St. Valentine as an example, which I'm sure obviously did it all in the most pure ways, that, that there's – it would be interesting to take what is the Catholic response to Valentine's Day? What, what, is, the, what is the Catholic response to St. Valentine, the feast, and then also to the way that the world has has taken it and run with it? You know, How, how would a Catholic respond in the most loving way? And, of course, you, you'd look to those who are suffering, and those who are suffering are the lonely. You know, what, 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 what's, a good, mm. what's a good response on Valentine's Day to, to assist and to give consolation to the lonely? It'd yeah. be interesting. Well, chastity, I mean, I— Again, these are all ideas for podcasts floating around, but chastity is chastened love. Uh, it's it's love mm. that's kind of been uh, chastised into the right yeah. sphere, and Honed. so like yeah. so in that way, like wherever your state of life leads you, yeah. that's what you should be doing on Valentine's Day. Right. If you are married, you should be with your wife, yeah. your bride on Valentine's Day. If you have kids. Um, I think it's helpful, you know, that your kids know that you love each other. Yeah. Actually, there's a, there was a great article on Fox News um, entitled something to the extent of what my kids see when mommy and daddy kiss. Mm. Did you see that? I, th- I did see. It I read beautiful. part of it. Yeah, yeah. And just kind of him reaffirming his love and desire for his bride. Um, if you're not, if you're engaged or whatever, you know, you can be with that person. Mm-hmm. But like with chastity. Right. Like in the proper order, right. um, and little kids they don't need to they don't need to have sexual love, right? Like they're little kids. Right. Show them friendship, right? And say these are the people that I love. Show them family. Show them the poor. You know, I love it when kids write Valentines to um, like senior citizens, mm-hmm. yeah. Like at Mullen Home at the at the home here, you know, they'll they'll send them off to them, and they love it. Yeah, that's chaste love. Yeah, you know, that's kind of it. So that's it, folks. We've done we've done places G, pride, lust, uh, anger, covetousness or avarice, envy, sloth, and gluttony. Yeah. Places G. Try to remember which holidays those are, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, try a different path. Shout outs. We did it. Places G was a thing. I like that. You know, we're like way over time. Okay, I have nervous. I only have one shout out, yes. and I have more, but I'll do them next time. Cheer there. So um, I was just hanging out with uh, Greg Henderson, a buddy of mine from college. Shout out to Greg and um, Tyson McGuffin. This this weekend, I baptized the McGuffin baby. And uh, anyway, we were sitting, and they, they were they both listen to the podcast off and on. But they said that they think. Who do you think the most shouted out person on this podcast is over the over since 2010? Keith Kenny or Nick Blaha? Okay, you're probably right. After that. <laughs> oh really? That's not a question. Neither of them. John Lyondecker. Oh yeah. They were saying that John Lyondecker has gotten so many shout outs to this I love, podcast. I love John. Off and I do too, but but they said we have never heard the real hero of that family get shouted out. Aww. No shout outs ever to the one, the only Lisa Lyondecker. I love Lisa Lyondecker. Lisa Lyondecker, massive shout out to you. You've bared with John all this time. You've let his strength yes. strengthen you and you've 
you've honed his weakness. This is not as effective in the world. And you have been by his side. You you finally agreed with him to become Byzantine Catholic. I commend you for that. After after putting up quite the fight, and I commend you for that too. Um, but yeah, so they were they got offended for you, Lisa, and then Aww. I got offended for you too after I realized that that was the case. So shout out Lisa Landecker. God bless you. Thanks for being an amazing super wife, super mom, super woman. That's right. That. Um, it's the sign, like, what is the, what is the quote, uh, behind every, like, good man is a great woman. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's kind of what I see. Like, Lisa never seeks, like, attention for herself. But, like, if you're around their family long enough, you know, like, who's the boss (laughs) are. Um, and, uh, so, yeah, we're, we love you. Um, you know. Rule with an iron fist, even, even over the uh, the great ogre, you know, John. Um, yeah, that's a good critique. Thank you. I thought so too. Okay. Uh, there is no Mrs. Keith Kenny, and there is no uh, Mrs. Uh, Nick Blaha. Exactly. Thank um, God. But uh, behind them is me, and uh, I look like a woman, and uh, that's good enough. This is Catholic Stuff Podcast at gmail Like us on Facebook. Check out on iTunes. That's right. Give us a star review. Be honest. A star review. Star review. We appreciate the vibes. Okay, folks. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Love you. Cheers. Cheers.